0: Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast by Knowing Hospitality, the show that deconstructs and demystifies the inner workings of the hotel industry.
1: Here's your host, Adam Knight. Hey,
2: everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. My guest today is Antonio Pibia. He's the founder of Guest X Inside, an Amsterdam-based hotel consulting and training company, but he also happens to be a body language expert. And I asked him on the show today to talk about customer journeys within hotels. So more specifically what's missing and how hotels can add value back into the guest experience. You know so much has been taken away from us during this pandemic time. So I think it's beneficial to start talking about what can we add back in to make sure that people have great experiences because ultimately this is the thing that's going to make sure hotels are are set up for success and can launch out of this pandemic one day when it's finally over, hopefully ahead of their competition. So we cover a lot of ground on the show today. So rather than preambling too much, we'll just get right to the show. But before we do, if you haven't had a chance to leave a review or a rating, I'd really appreciate if you just hopped over into your podcast app and did that. It just helps us get more listeners and produce better content. And that's really what this is all about. I want to make sure that that the content that's coming out in this podcast, you're finding valuable and actionable in your day-to-day life in a hotel. So the best way to do that is leave a review and a rating just to help other people find the show. So enough about that. Let's just get right to the show here. We've got Antonio Pabia, founder of GuestX Inside, talking about creating memorable customer journeys. Enjoy.
0: It's great to have you on the show, man. Thanks for being here. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. And hi, everyone. Uh, it's great to be here. It's an honor actually for me. Uh, I'm so excited.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm glad we were able to connect uh, to talk a little bit about what you're doing, but I don't want to get into the, too much of that right out of the gate. We got a full show ahead of us. So rather than leading everybody into what you do, let's talk about kind of where you started. Where are you from? Uh, what are you doing with GuestX Inside? How did it come to be? You know, let's give us a story.
0: Yeah, well, like every story, it's a long story. So, yeah, I got involved in hospitality since I was born, actually, because I was raised in this Italian restaurant. My parents used to have this Italian restaurant since I was a child. And my uncles, cousins, and aunts as well. So I was really into the, this Italian family restaurant picture. And then at 16, I, get, I got my first uh, job, official job in hospitality. And that job was in Italy. And then from there, I started my career. So I moved from several hotels in Europe, Latin America. Then I worked at tourism fairs, Uh, worked in all kinds of types of travel industry uh, businesses. And then at 24, I decided to open an Italian restaurant with my brother. And the business is still on and very successful. the thing is that when I was back about 27, 28, and it was 2017, I started to feel this yeah idea, I want to do more. And then I had this friend of mine who wanted to open a restaurant and he asked me, hey, Antonio, can you help me out? you have a successful business? So I started consulting for him. And yeah, I always had the passion of, uh, you know, the psychology behind the guest experience. And that's why I started to develop myself even more and become a master in body language. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: yeah, I found it useful to study body language to understand human emotions. And when you read some body body language and you can see and detect it in someone else, then you are able to understand someone's emotion better. Mm -hmm. So then I started, yeah, with GuestX Inside and my wife joined the company. She has a background in uh, high-end hotels, so four or five-star hotels in management positions. And then we start consulting and doing the training. And, yeah, we develop uh, guest journeys for hotels and restaurants. I always call it guest journey, not customer journey, because we are in the guest business, what I always say, in hospitality. So, yeah. And then we align, actually, the training that we give to frontline staff to uh, the guest journey that we develop.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating. And, you know, body language is always something that we talk about in hospitality, especially in frontline positions. Don't they say so- something like, isn't like 80% of communication done with tone and body language and very minimal is actually done with the words.
0: Yeah, there is always this uh, issue for how many, per- how, what, what the percentage is of what we communicate through body language and what mm-hmm. we communicate verbally. So, uh, yeah, if we leave percentage aside, we can say that a large part of actually human communication goes through uh, body language. And, yeah, a lot has to do, for example, with first impressions. Uh, when you screen someone and you don't even talk to him, you already made the impression of a person, right? Yep. Uh, yep. This, this, and yeah, this goes far beyond than just one person. You also have first impression of groups. And this is what happens, for example, when you enter a restaurant or a hotel lobby. Um, and a lot always have to do with emotion. So a first impression of someone or our place will trigger a certain emotion in you uh, or in your guest. Mm-hmm. So that makes and now really more than
2: ever, yeah. Well, it is, yeah, especially now with with people being covered by masks, uh, and and not just that. Like you know, it's one thing to say that when you go into a restaurant or you go into a, yeah. a hotel and the employee is standing there wearing a mask, you've got two things going on, right? You've got the employee trying to figure out how to do their job, wearing a mask and probably having some sort of a plastic barrier in front of them. Yeah. So they're so right away the verbal communication is muffled. And I mean, I'm sure you've experienced it. I have, where you know, even you just go to a coffee shop and they ask for your name, they can't hear you. You have to repeat it a few times. Forget about doing something a little more complicated. So, you know, you've got that side on the employee side that the guest gets frustrated with with everything else that's going on in the experience of traveling to the restaurant or to the hotel. Um, so body language training, uh, I imagine that that's just so much more heightened and so much more in demand these days, because it's really a whole new set of skills that people have to not just develop but have to be aware of how they're being perceived because they can't talk about
0: it anymore. You're completely right. So yeah, it's you know, on one hand, it's it's a completely new set of skills, and on the other hand, it's all it's a really you know there are skills that are, that are actually in native that most people don't know how to use them, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's the thing that we really started as well with uh, with my company Guestex Insight. So we figure out okay, what if we develop a certain customer journey? Uh, how can we align? The behavior of the staff to a certain stage of the customer journey. Mm-hmm. So, even, so yeah, go yeah, ahead. Please Sorry. go ahead. Yeah, no, all right, you, it's okay. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, okay, it's my <laughs> turn, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and now nowadays, of course, with the masks involved, there uh, there is this little extra that people need to know to trigger certain emotions in guests that in good cases of course should be positive and the question arises okay what can we do so clients will call me now and say okay uh is there anything we can do to add value by changing the behavior of our frontline staff and this of course has to go accordingly to the customer journey right because uh, that is is that that is the leading factor during the guest experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, what can people do actually? Uh, people should really be aware of their tone of voice. So spice the um, the conversation up. Uh, even you might have the shy people that usually, you know, were good with the smiling and people mm-hmm. could see their face. And now the shyness, you cannot hide that anymore. So you really should you know, do something with your voice, and even if you smile behind the mask, I tried it myself. Uh, first of all, first of all, uh, the smile will be seen, you know, around your eyes. Mm-hmm. And then, if you smile and try to say something while you're smiling, you will see that your voice goes up automatically.
1: Just so naturally. that's really
0: a thing, yeah. That's 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 completely natural, right? So that's again a thing that we already have inside us but you know it should be sometimes trained and show to people to get this confidence about okay keep on smiling even behind the mask because you don't think about it Are you think okay the mask is covering my face so i don't, don't need to do anything with it so a smile will give you much more so the smile is coming back again 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 that is not new but you know i want just to stress out this point and then think about yeah expressive body language right because we have uh, not expressive body language, which you can see, um, for example, yeah, in more northern European countries, and perhaps also in yeah, North America, something like that. You you know you're more reserved, right? In your body language, I'm not saying that that's very expressive, but you're more reserved. If you go more to southern cultures, then you see this expressiveness already coming, right. and they are more used to use their hands and. Um, And yeah, other parts as well to just to, you know, enforce the words that they are verbally saying. So you can think that yes, frontline staff would want to use this expressiveness as well, just to enforce what they're saying, just to spice the conversation up. Uh, What I always say in this case, is just show the palm of your hands. Mm. Because by showing the palm of your hands, you are not only saying, okay, I'm not harming you. You are saying, okay, I'm open to anything you have to say, but I'm also open to receive any questions you want to ask me. I have nothing to hide. I'm here to build what? To build trust.
1: Hmm.
0: And in most cases, trust is one returning topic in a customer journey, right? When, when hotels or companies you know, are building a customer journey map, People used to ask me, okay, we want to build trust. We want to build trust. Okay. One of the things building trust is, okay, humans are great in building trust. Mm-hmm. Machines can do it, of course. We nowadays technology is going far beyond as well, but humans are expert in building and destroying trust. Mm. And that's why that's why non-verbal communication and body language gets important because with you know, some little changes just to being, just to show an open posture. Just by showing the palm of your hands, it seems really, really like a small thing, but in the end, it adds so much, so much value. I like the way you said that. <clears throat> and these
2: gestures are yeah. customers will come in, and they'll make split-second decisions based off of these things that they're seeing. Right the the, the smile behind the mask, the open palm, uh, open expressive body language. If one of those is missing, along. The sequence of early interaction, that can just, I imagine that just destroys potentially the positive feelings that somebody might have when they walk into a business.
0: Yeah. And I believe it goes far, uh, I mean, the experience actually now starts far before entering the hotel or restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. So if you take the, I always say to my clients, think about how your guest is feeling before entering the experience, right? right So say, ask yourself the question, how are guests feeling right now before entering your hotel or restaurant
1: right mm-hmm.
0: you know before they might want to visit the restaurant because they were hungry and they were and just want to have a nice evening and visiting a hotel for a vacation was be- because they wanted to you know escape their uh, daily life and just rest or relax, you know just taking this as an example, okay. Now they, they used to come maybe a little bit stressed and tired, and now they will enter your facility in a total different state. And by knowing, for example, they will now feel maybe uncertain on some face and mm-hmm. they might feel stressed because mm-hmm. if you feel uncertain, then you automatically feel stressed, right? Mm-hmm. So, how in this case, frontline staff, how the frontline staff will actually address the guest through verbal and non-verbal communication will mean a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think you're 100% right on that. You know, yeah. Everybody's got a story. We used to use that in training in some of the, the luxury hotels i worked in in the past where the the sequence of traveling to a destination, if you have to get on yeah. an airplane or a train and you're scrutinized by security and... You know, in non-COVID times, the process of getting from point A to B can be tough. It could be arduous. You start to deal with a lot sure. of experiences, yeah. and so when you arrive at the your destination, you're you're expecting almost some sort of a like an oasis, right? Like a a place to go. You finally made it. You went through this arduous journey. You're here, and you want it to be perfect. And that perfection can sometimes make up for all of the. Difficult things that had happened along your journey to getting to your destination, and if anything is amiss when you get there, sometimes that problem can be uh, amplified because of the experience the guest had in getting to your place in the first place.
0: Yeah, completely true. Exactly what you are saying right now. So yeah, I my clients now ask me, okay, what what should what should we do? to the first thing they say, okay, what can we do to improve our, uh, our customer journey, our guest journey nowadays? What, what can we do? I always say to them, okay, then take a plane yourself, travel three or four hours to a certain other destination mm-hmm. and that you have not ever been yet. You should not have family or friends living in the area and then visit a random hotel. And through the process, write down all the emotional states that you encounter and by asking yourself, how do I feel right now? And during the process of, you know, traveling to the destination. Mm -hmm. So the, the thing is that managers uh, dealing with this kind of problems are, you know, finding it difficult now to uh, add that extra value to the guest, or at least, you know, provide the basic, uh, expect to to satisfy the basic expectations of the guest, I always tell them, okay, try to do the customer journey yourself, but visit another hotel. It doesn't matter. You should never visit your own hotel because you will never see your own hotel through the eyes of your guest Mm -hmm. because you know everything that is happening behind the scenes already. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, you, you know, all the, even subconsciously, you 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 will never judge your hotel like a guest will judge your hotel, right? Or
1: a restaurant. Exactly. So
0: in case of a hotel, I will say, take a plane, uh, do this five or four hours plane, uh, plane travel. And, you know, have you pick up with a taxi and, and do it and see what is happening to you, why you are welcomed by the frontline staff of that hotel. Mm -hmm. You will immediately notice what is important to you Mm -hmm. and what you will bring in for your own stuff.
2: Yeah, I think experiencing it from any question that you have the ability to experience what you're trying to solve on your own uh, is that that's going to give you the best indication of where to put your efforts. And all of this has been leading up to a question I wanted to ask you. Okay. We talked about kind of before the show started, or actually when we yeah. got connected a few weeks back, is yeah. it, you recently actually went out and did that?
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: right. You uh, traveled yeah. from Netherlands to Italy and, and to experience uh, this firsthand. I'd love to get your feedback and your perspective on what travel is like and what you learned while
0: you were out there. Okay, what I have learned from my travel that the way people act on this you know COVID-19 restrictions is very much also cultural related and I will get into this in a while I will explain my journey and my journey starts in Amsterdam you know airport started from there and you feel this you know cold place and people are very you know even with you know people working there with a security check and the hostesses and stewards on the on the uh, on the on the airfield are we're all really called distant what can i mm. say closed uh, if we have to talk in body language terms the uh, close you know position um yeah they were friendly but distant mm. so you start really with this awkward feeling okay uh, yeah, I have to wear a mask, I have to sit in the plane and what I'm actually feeling is, okay, I hope no one is feeling sick or ill and I want to get to my destination as soon as possible. So yeah, once you board in a plane, in the plane actually, you don't notice that much. I have to say, the, yeah, the company which I traveled with took really well care of, it, of us once we were in the plane. And then you will arrive in Italy and it's one of those countries which was really, really bad, right? In the first mm-hmm. period of COVID-19 in Europe. Um, so you, I expected to be, you know, you know, really hurt, uh, really sad. But on the contrary, you immediately felt this cultural difference. People mm-hmm. were wearing a mask, but because they were used to be more expressive, have this internal warmth already, you know, this maybe informality of getting on with others that made you mm-hmm. feel immediately at home. Mm. So, that's, you know, that's another thing that managers might want to add to, you know, training their staff, you know, use some warmth as well, because mm-hmm. this feeling of warmth that you can communicate through verbal and non-verbal cues will really make your guests feel welcome. So we, I immediately feel welcome, even though everyone, everyone was wearing a mask. In the Netherlands, the mask is, is not obligatory in, in public, in Italy it is, in crowded areas and I believe now it was after 6 p.m., okay. I, 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 I arrived after 6 p.m., so the mask was obligatory, but uh, in Italy they made it feel like the mask wasn't even there while in amsterdam airport it really felt like an obstacle
2: hmm. interesting
0: and i believe that's a yeah that's really the cultural difference that you have and yeah in, in italy you, you even saw scenes like people kissing each other with a mask on i mean that that went a bit too far but it's a typical italian you know it should not be there yeah but what it, maybe it's something about the attitude. They were very respectful about distances and everything. But when you see a friend, yeah, they used to kiss them, kiss, kiss each other with a mask. On. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny. It's typical Italian. But I just want to just just to stress out the point that you have as a manager, you really have to consider the, the the cultural differences and if a guest comes in, how they the how the culture has an influence on how they will uh, expect to be treated during COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. during this pandemic, right? So yeah, the the thing that, that that bore yeah that 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 actually made me think while I was traveling in the airplane. I traveled through Rome and then I went south to Cagliari. It's in Sardinia, beautiful island in the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, I started to think about okay, I have family living in Italy, but if I would not have family I would never travel to Italy right now mm-hmm. or to any other destination. So yeah if i hear people traveling to some destination i say okay i'm really you know even proud of them you know you made it mm-hmm. it's great because it's always a risk right uh, you will start traveling with idea what if i get ill and what if i have to do the quarantine Or what if border closes? What if Mm -hmm. the airplane does not bring you home, right? With All with these thoughts, you know, you will get to your hotel with these thoughts in mind if you finally decided actually to travel. Mm -hmm. And this is also one of the things why I want to send, you know, the managers that actually manage a certain hotel, go and travel yourself because they will experience it as well. Imagine a guest that comes into your hotel, right? And I thought about it during my travel, that booked your hotel. And then he hears like these, like 10 days in of his 14 days holiday. And he hears, okay, you need to do a quarantine. You probably have encountered, you know, a person uh, who has the coronavirus. So you, you need to do the quarantine and stay in the hotel. Yeah. What will the guest think, right? mm mm-hmm. So yeah, during this travel, I believe they will be like concerned about the money. Will I have the money to pay the hotel? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, will I will I maintain my job at home and all these mm-hmm. things? Yeah. So yeah, actually, hotels, uh, especially hotels, because restaurant is a one one time visit, right? very much easy. It's very destination based, right? Hotels are really right. yeah. It's difficult to add value in this case, but because. Mm-hmm by adding value would be okay should okay i want this hotel added certainty right for the guest what should i add to take away the scariness of being stuck in my hotel mm-hmm. okay in the ideal world i would say okay you book your two uh weeks vacation with me and you pay normally for your vacation and should you uh You'd be obliged, in this case, to stay here for quarantine. Uh, You just have to pay a basic rate for your room, right? Just Mm -hmm. at the full rate. Mm -hmm. But from, from of course, a, a, a profit perspective, it is impossible for hotels. They will never be able to sustain it. I'm just talking about an ideal world. And then I, yeah, and I was actually flying to Italy and then I, you know, I read in the plane about, uh, flying Emirates actually, that is actually doing this. So if you fly with Emirates, they will pay a part of, they will pay you about for, uh, I believe about hundred dollars for your uh, quarantine period. If you oh. encounter, you know, this, this, uh, this struggle wow. and they will even pay part of the expenses of your, um, uh yeah should you be uh should you need to go to hospital they will pay like a mm-hmm. uh, part of your expenses as well That's so they already yeah it's incredible yeah but i believe they have nothing to lose and that's why they did it and even they wanted to add value but as a hotel i also understand that you cannot simply do this it's already difficult to survive and yeah how can right. you add yeah
2: well it's a, you bring up an interesting point because we have been living in this world for what six months now um Five months, six months, uh, yeah. about everything being taken away. Yeah. Travel is taken away, services are taken away, jobs are taken away, pay is yeah. taken away, right? It's we've been in this universe of that happening to everybody across the board. But you're talking, and I like the direction that you're going with this because you're talking about finding ways to add value back, to put things back into the experience that have been taken away. Where is there room in the guest journey to start thinking about putting value back in? What, maybe, maybe another way to look at it is, what do you think was taken away that, that shouldn't have been taken away that hotels can look at now to, to try to rebuild?
0: Yeah, well, hotels should rebuild the confidence in the traveler the mm-hmm. to reassure them. I think we have to go back to these basic values. So not very much about exceeding someone's expectation, but meeting someone's expectation mm-hmm. before I even have the possibility to exceed someone's expectations. Yeah. So do not try to overdo, but really find out about what is adding value to your experience. So if you are in the position of making some assurance for a guest that in case of you know quarantine they can stay at their hotel for a lower rate or maybe even when they leave you know to have some kinds of refunds later on or to find some way of letting them pay in rates after you know Mm -hmm. they i mean i'm just coming up with ideas as we talk Mm -hmm. but people will not people need to be to be triggered to travel more than ever before yeah and it is yeah. the duty i believe it's the duty of the hotel of the hospitality professional to find these triggers right
2: i like i like your idea of the triggers you know in in hotel experience design and i just yeah. i kind of just came up with that off the top of my head but as yeah. your as your As you're thinking through what a great hotel looks like, a great hotel engages all five senses in a really interesting way. Nothing is ever really off in one area or the other. Nothing overpowers one over the other. There's this harmonious working together of, you know, it smells good, it sounds good, it looks good, the food tastes good, it's clean, right? Everything just kind of comes together. But these these trigger points, though, especially now when personal communication and personal uh, 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 bonding, I guess, in a business, and it's not just in a hotel, it's really in just about any customer service business right now, is so much more powerful and and so much more needed. Getting in the mind of your customer or of your guest is really important because that's going to allow you to your point earlier about getting out there and traveling and experiencing what your customer experience is very important, but you also have to design your experience to try and meet the needs of, of as many people as that are coming in as, as you can. And you do that by getting in their head. So when you're working with clients, I'm curious to know, you know, how do you train frontline staff to do that? How do you get in the head of a customer that's coming into a business, especially in the time that we're in now.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting question from you. So how do you get it in the head of someone, right? Uh, that's always uh, a process and it goes over time. It's not that everybody in the frontline staff will have the ability to, to have that skill because you it really takes practice. It's not that you do one nonverbal communication training and then you are able to read the mind of your guest, right? Mm-hmm. So it goes, you know, first of all, uh, I would say take those natural talents that you have in your team, right? Because we all know that there are always a few natural talents and make sure we are worth probably an eight already, right? If you have to skill them. Make sure you bring those to a 10. And to be completely honest, uh, in this time, even if it's hard, right? Don't try to bring the six to an eight because that's much more effort. So try Mm -hmm. to bring those eight to a 10, right? And how can you do it? So they probably have already the talent of anticipating in normal circumstances the need of the guests, right? Mm -hmm. They will see when a guest is tired and how will they see it because the guest shows it right with their attitude and their behavior and even if you look at their history you probably know that i come back from a long flight or they did a nice excursion and this natural talent just just sees it just feels it and mm-hmm. what is great about natural talents they do their homework hmm so yeah, uh, coming back to your question, or what can you do? Or what I recommend is extensive body language training. Really get into it. Uh, you have this type of body language training, which really focus on micro expressions, mm-hmm. uh, which is a discipline. Which micro expressions are expressions that last less than a second and are in in the you can see them in the face of mm-hmm. a person. Mm-hmm. Now yeah, part of the face is covered, right? So you miss so many clues, right? Because many of the, of the uh, micro expressions actually happen in yeah, the mouth area, nose area, right? But most of them also occur in the, in the eye area. So you mm-hmm. can really go and see what the real emotion is. But it takes time. So yeah, I would uh, tell managers to, you, to find an expert, to help them out and train those natural talents to be even more onto it. And, and this way, they will be able to really get into the minds of the, their guests in the moment, right then and there. And then again, uh, take part of your team and, you know, um, tell them to engage in, in as many experience in, uh, guest experience as they can during a given time. So all the travel that you did before COVID is old. It is mm. like you're reading a history book.
2: <laughs> I like that. It's so true. Everything from training to numbers to trends, uh, none of it. Yeah, You can so, learn a little bit from the past, right? But theres you've got to look at things in a different way now.
0: You've got to look, yeah, and especially for the coming time, right? So it's about now. We don't care what is happening next month or within the next year. Uh, it's about making the profit now. Mm. Uh, yeah, time is ticking, right? That, mm-hmm. That's the truth. We cannot you know, go uh, beyond that. So yeah, encourage your staff to engage in guest experiences themselves. Mm-hmm. And what I always do is once you get, what I was told during my trainings is uh, I take people outside their hotel or a restaurant and I, I tell them, okay, engage in this experience, engage in that experience and write down how do you feel, uh, what, what are people saying to you and how do you feel when people are saying that to you. So I will tell those natural talents that you have in your team, go and experience some other hotels, go to the five-star hotel, but also go to the four-star hotel and also Mm -hmm. go to the Airbnb Mm -hmm. because it's really funny to say, but what I saw in Italy, back to my travel again, is that the larger the hotel is, the more difficulties they have. And even though it's a five-star high-end hotel with amazing, you know, uh, facilities, they they were scoring great on all, you know, uh, TripAdvisor, Google, you name it. Uh, they will. They are losing it against smaller accommodations. Mm.
1: Interesting.
0: So, yeah, that's interesting. It's also a thing that you might want your frontline staff to know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because if you know that smaller accommodations are doing better than you, then probably there is something that you can take out from that experience and bring it to your larger resort, to your five-star hotel, right? Or your four-star hotel.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I think that's, yeah, I actually really like that idea. You know, it's about, um, uh, well, to your point earlier, is going out and experiencing what's going on out yeah, there,
1: yeah, and if yeah. you
2: see in these smaller, more intimate environments tend to be doing better on many different levels, a lot of different metrics. You know, how do you distill that more intimate experience and bring that into a larger operation, which you know, which can be really hard to do? And you can look at this in one of two ways. Some of the larger, well, every hotel, but a lot of the larger hotels have had services and staffing scaled back to such a degree that, yeah. you know, you've got a front desk agent who's doing literally everything uh, in the lobby. They're, they're assisting with luggage. They're acting as a concierge. They're the phone operator. They're taking reservations. They're dealing with walk-ins. They're doing all of the accounting work that needs to get done. I mean, you name it, they're, doing, they're stuffing envelopes for mail. They're doing everything. So it can be really hard to be as engaged in an experience as you need to be, to be able to pick up on these clues with the guests to tailor your service for the, the interaction. Right. You can look at it that way. You can also look at it as, you know, there are fewer guests traveling now and making sure that every guest that comes into my hotel has as exceptional an experience as they can is hopefully down the road going to pay much more dividends for me, whether that's in better online reviews, uh, whether that's in creating bigger fans of your hotel or your company, uh, or it's, it, you know, it's, it's providing value for people in a different way, making great experiences for them or, or, or acknowledging special occasions, whatever those things are. Um, this is the time to put the time and energy in to, to elevating, not just that experience, but that expertise and people that work on the front line.
1: Yeah,
0: completely true. Um, what I was thinking is about, okay, why are these smaller uh, hotels, or in this case, r R&B, and as well, are doing better than larger hotels? Is mm-hmm. One of the reasons is probably because the guest is closer to the owner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, what happens with the big hotels, right? Okay, I'm staying in Hilton in New York, for example. And the problem there probably now is that the owner is too far away from my point of view, a guest point Mm -hmm. of view. Mm -hmm. And when I book instead a smaller hotel, boutique hotel, usually the owner is present there, right? Mm -hmm. So I might, it might, I'm not saying I really should do some more research on it. It might evoke the feeling in myself that he will take care better of me as a human instead of a number
1: Mm.
0: because the you know the lines are shorter right Mm -hmm. the bridge is not so far and what else what was happening is that staying in a smaller place is that there will not be so many people
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah that's exactly right yeah people get people as all of a sudden we are afraid of people right That's (laughs) that's <laughs> how we <it goes>. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly that's right. That's
2: yeah, yeah. Hopefully, nobody coughs in the lobby, and then everybody just scatters. Uh, yeah.
0: Sometimes you are so afraid, and that's 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 a really interesting factor um, in this, especially in high-end hotels. And the bigger they are, the and sometimes formality actually obstructs the guest experience. Right? The formal. I always say the formal. The more formal hotel is the the more distant the relationship is between employee or frontline staff and the guest. I I once was in Dubai in this amazing hotel, one of the best hotels in the world. Mm -hmm. And I finally got the chance to talk to, uh, to one of the frontline staff employees. And I told them, why is nobody smiling here? It's one of the best hotels in the world, right? Why is no one of you smiling here? Because we, The the training that they've received was basically just about formality and you cannot do anything wrong. And what happens when people tell you that you cannot do anything wrong, then you close, right? Mm -hmm. You just focus on the task instead of the guest. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the employees were so afraid to do anything wrong that they forget actually to provide service. And when you're so afraid to do anything wrong, you are not yourself anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what happens is that you lose authenticity. And authenticity is something that you usually find in smaller accommodations. I'm saying usually because it's easier, you're closer to the owner of a certain place, and usually the owner of a place is more open to authenticity because he's not bound bonded by a script. He's free to be himself
1: Mm -hmm.
0: instead of being, uh, yeah, in a four or five star high end hotel.
2: You know, I like what you said there with with authenticity. And, you know, we've always said that great service doesn't just just because you do something uh, really well the same way all the time. Doesn't mean that you are number one providing great service or that you're providing a connection to people, right? It's not authentic. You're, you're robotically going through a a checklist of standards that you have to hit in every interaction, every single time. And that for a long time has been a point of pride in branded hotels in particular, restaurants too, because you could stay in any city as long as you were staying in a building that had that particular flag on it, you knew you were going to get the same experience. And I understand the, the need to do that because you, a part of having a brand is that it is standardized, right? Is that you do know what people are going to get, but it's really hard to standardize connection with people. That level of engagement and authenticity, uh, I like that word so much is, um, is something that needs a lot of energy put into training people how to do it to develop help them develop that intuitive side of their 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 skill set
0: true and then if we can go back to what you said is the people in bigger hotels have so many other duties right now so okay i was from front desk manager and all of a sudden i have to do housekeeping as well right Mm -hmm. and i have to check in the guests so Where do I find the time to add value, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But on the other hand, if we see this happening in a smaller hotel, what do we say? Uh, Look at her. She first did the check-in and now she's cleaning the room. Ah, so sweet. Right or not? But if we see it in a four or five star hotel, you will say, uh, look at them, right? Mm -hmm. In a different Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm they are cutting on their personnel right so yep. it's yeah the expect that's because there's a difference in expectation yeah and that's yep. indifferent different also in in how we have seen things till now and yep. maybe in some cases just also need to be reeducated because mm-hmm. simply things will not be the same for the coming couple of months or years right mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um So, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of a supervisor or a department manager, somebody who has to take everything that we're talking about today and somehow operationalize it, right? Put it into practice with their team one way or another. How, what are some examples or some ways that somebody in a position to influence this that we're talking about today can do that? Are there training exercises that they could do? Are there examples of ways of talking with their staff or, or places that they can go um, to start to move the needle on it?
1: Yeah,
0: okay. Um, first of all, of course, I will suggest just dive into some other experiences, which are stuff. Do it as an exercise and then come together and discuss it. How did you feel? What did you want to achieve while you were engaging in the experience? So do that and you know, create a workshop around it. There's nothing wrong with doing it. And don't do it in your own hotel, of course. Just visit the hotel next door, mm-hmm. why not? Or a restaurant, or take a cup of coffee at Starbucks. I'm just saying anything. And then exercises that you can do are all in relation to non-verbal cues, of, of course. Um, think about focusing on eye contact. Just train yourself on getting into eye contact and during a conversation, what you want to have, if you want to be perceived as a warm person, right? And welcoming is around 60, 70%. Mm-hmm. Don't do too much. Otherwise, people will think about you like a creep. And <laughs> you are staring at them, right? Right, right. Yeah, and, and then, yeah, just uh, train yourself in open gestures. So remove anything that you don't need on the table or, or in front of you. And just, you know, just be there. And what we usually do during the training is just uh, have someone uh, staying in front of the group and just let him talk uh, using open gestures, uh, accompanying what he's saying with his hands, uh, showing the palm of the hands. And and another great thing is invest in small talk, Uh, even if people don't, even if the frontline staff might not have the time to uh, do small talk. You know encourage them to do the small talk mm-hmm. and then another thing is ask questions people love people will love you if you if you ask questions
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah sometimes you never talk to someone you just ask questions and they will tell you hey Adam he's a nice guy you never talk to him you just ask questions right exactly people start liking you as mm-hmm. as long as you show interest that's right um, yeah then another important aspect can be and that might be a kind of uh, difficult thing to 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 put in place. But what we, we do during trainings is to video record what you learn. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's like watching yourself in a mirror or hearing yourself in an interview or in a podcast like this. When you hear yourself mm-hmm. back, you think, oh, what a strange voice do I have, right? Uh, that's that's it, and you ask yourself actually do people listen to me and what do they think about me and mm-hmm. the same is actually with non-verbal communication the first time you try to be more expressive it doesn't feel natural if you don't have it yourself right exactly. when you use your hands or try to spice the conversation a little bit up with your tone of voice hide it feels like oh, you're a friend i'm not an actress or an actor right that's what mm-hmm. you think uh, you need to get used to this new idea of yourself. And the best way is to actually record yourself while you are doing this. And when you see yourself back, then you get used to yourself in this new role.
2: It's I, it, I like that. And it's actually, well, I mean, it is you are acting to some extent, right? Yeah. You're sort of, you're putting True. on a different persona. You're going yeah. to do this a little bit differently than you normally would in day-to-day with yeah. friends. Yeah. Um, but that's why we say, you're on stage when you're in front of house.
1: Yeah, true.
0: That's why you're on stage and that's why you can be authentic and be yourself even when you are on stage, but just leveling uh, and just by adjusting yourself on the guest that you have in front of you, right? Yeah. And you have to see this as a role play again, uh, but then in real life uh, with some small adjustments, Mm -hmm. which are actually very useful also in your normal life, in daily life, it is really it will really add something if you uh, take care of your uh, appearance in in a, your, in your appearance in a different way, on the way you talk and the way you spice up your conversations, with the use of your hands, with nudging, with an open posture. people will really perceive you as a warmer person. And I yeah. think warmth is what what guests are really looking for now. Uh, you want away go uh, away from home but you want to feel the certainty of home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what better way to feel the certainty of home if you have a warm and welcoming person waiting for you? And oh, don't forget to use your name. I really want to stress out this. Mm. Use your name. Introduce yourself. You are not a company. You are a human being. And people don't people want to connect on one side with the company. But in these days, we really want to even connect with other humans. Even with distance, we can do it just by telling them, my name, and you can always what I always say, my name is Antonio so, what is your name? Don't be afraid to ask names. It makes yeah. things easier, and then you are leveling as well.
2: right, yeah, I like that you know you're you're in one sense, through this training process, we're asking yeah. people sometimes to to really change who they are and how they interact with the world, and that's a difficult thing to do, and you're certainly not. Going to do that in one training session. So how yeah. does how do how do you advise and how do you um, how do you work with clients on keeping this alive? What what's the the process to to turn the cruise ship slowly, as it were, to make sure it sticks? Yeah,
1: well,
0: you make you have to make it fun and do it step by step. So today we're doing this and you are doing that, and then we come together. And what have you learned? Uh, yeah, you have to work at this like you are in a work group. And it has to you know get back on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. What I say is uh, bring that warmth in your team back again, and it starts with you and it's mostly it's not about the training it's about the 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 culture as well that you want to install in your group. Uh, what I say is eat together, ask about how any uh, how everybody is doing you know the struggles uh, if somebody is afraid of anything and, the great thing is always say it together as a group,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if it's possible, or at least partly, you know, have a meal together because it's during that short, that short moment that you, you know, really get to know the person in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah. We it's, are. It, yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I say amongst colleagues, um, put your phone away. Mm. Be, in, be interested in the person who is working with you. And also as a manager, encourage it, encourage it. and yeah, bring these training aspects back every day. Do it step by step. So say today uh, we are doing the eye contact game,
1: mm-hmm. Okay,
0: you know, for example. And tomorrow we are training the open gesture. So, you know, and then slowly it, it, it will grow and then it becomes natural. You know, you have to make it a habit of it. So today we're going to show, you know, once we have checked in the guest, when we show them uh, the open the 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 open palms, right, with, of our mm-hmm. hands. And we show them with, with open hands where the elevator is instead of pointing with a finger, right? Mm-hmm. And next time when a guest comes in, I will uh, raise my hands toward the guest and I will tell them with open palms as well, please come in, you know, bringing them in with mm-hmm. my, you know, the way I express myself. So I'm bringing them in with my voice. I'm inviting them in, but I'm accompanying it with my hands as well. Mm-hmm. Include them, embrace the guest. And that is an exercise that you can do, you know. It it's it sounds uh really, really easy, but yeah, you know, think about it how many times it actually happens to you. Never. Mostly people, you know, are just you know behind the reception or you know, behind the desk, you don't see it. And think about it, you know, is a desk anything you still would want. I mean, the, then you will have even more part of the of the body covered of the You know, Mm -hmm. the service provider, maybe Mm -hmm. you should go around for a while, even if you're not used to it, even if it's not your hotel policy, but maybe, you
1: know, you have to change a bit. Mm
0: -hmm. I think uh,
2: what you're talking about, it may seem, it may seem common and normal, but the fact is, is that you can go into almost any hotel or almost any restaurant or almost any store and you won't experience these things. You won't experience open hand, you know, welcoming people in, open hand pointing, uh, body language training, everything we're talking about today. So when you put time and energy into this, it's memorable. It may seem basic, but people don't get this on their day to day when they're out there in the world. So it can really make you stand out.
0: Yeah, yeah. In that case, you're very lucky what you say. I mean, just with some small adjustment, you can make the difference and it will not cost you anything. You can make a nice game of it. In some cases, I had this, you know, this uh set of cards prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I provided them to a manager, and I said, Okay, pick a card every day, and you say, Okay, today we will train uh you know, uh, the tone of voice. And that day, it's the tone of voice day, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It sounds it sounds so easy. But basically, because of there, there are so many other procedures that you know that are more important. Usually, are used to be more important than just training the tone yeah. of voice. Um, that people will not take time for it, but it's uh, such a small gesture which will add so so much value, especially in these times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Especially in these times, people in this time just want to be treated as humans. Don't forget it, even more than before. Mm-hmm. So if you think from that perspective and if you see the guest as a human being, you will automatically adjust already in some ways to be a more, you know, warmer person as well. Yeah. Um,
2: I have to ask you, what yeah. are you looking forward to when all of this is behind us, when life gets back to whatever our our next normal is? What are you looking forward to?
0: Yeah, well, actually, of course, I look I look forward to travel again, and yeah, I thought about this question, you know, about what you, I'm looking I'm looking forward to. I think I'm looking forward, yeah, to uh, just to travel without being afraid. Mm-hmm. And people always say the new normal, new normal here and there. Okay, now it's the time we have to adjust. But I believe that if anyone looks really into himself or herself we actually can't wait the normal to be back again right Mm -hmm. with all the struggles that we had before and of course there will be some improvements but i hope the that the travel industry will be normal again as, as in some cases of course as it was before with hopefully a bit more yeah uh, some improvements of course and some lessons that we have learned uh yeah i hope to to meet you in person one day so let's say that uh, when this is over we will you know do maybe another podcast and a live show and visit you in seattle I'll,
2: you know what i, I you don't have to convince me to come to amsterdam to do a live show
0: <laughs> yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. Andy yeah time. We, uh, uh, we can meet up in italy
2: uh, oh, that, even better. Yeah.
0: That, that's even better, yeah.
2: Help help with my Italian lessons. That sounds yeah, great. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, great. Uh, great. hey Antonio, if people want to yeah. uh,
2: get in touch with you or learn more about what you're doing, where's the best place for them to go?
0: Well, the best place will be LinkedIn. Okay. You yeah, that's actually the best place and I'm on every day actually and you just look you find me by typing my name, Antonio Pibia. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just 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 write me, and that's that's the best place. I can give you my my email as well, but LinkedIn it is a platform that I really like. Perfect. Um, that's perfect. Thank you.
2: Yeah, of course. I'll uh, we'll link to your profile in the show notes. If anybody wants to find it, uh just you'll find it right down in the show notes. Easy yeah, to get yeah, to. Great. Yeah. Good. um Hey, Antonio, this has been fantastic. Thanks for being on the
0: show. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Take care of okay. that.
0: It it was great actually. I was really excited. I'm, uh, you know, uh, it was my actually my first, you know, podcast show. So yeah,
1: really, it you was did great go- actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you so yeah. Thank you so much. You know, I always tell people just be yourself, and if if you're new to something, just tell it, and that's the way you should act uh, uh, with guests as well.
2: Yeah, I will definitely keep beautiful- it.
0: Uh, I once heard this beautiful sentence, uh, and it was a waiter, uh, a waiter of the Hyatt Hotel in San Diego. Uh, and he told me a uh, nice uh, sentence that I want to leave to leave you with, and hopefully, it, if there are people listening that lo- lost their job uh, or you know are not secure of their job or might lose it, uh, I hope they you know they will find courage. And this guy told me. And uh, every day there uh, is new life and there's a new day and there are new opportunities every day. Mm-hmm. So that's what he told me. And this sentence always stayed with me. And it was, you know, a nice waiter. And, and he did actually the breakfast buffet in this Hyatt of San Diego. Mm-hmm. And he always stayed with me. So every day, new life, new opportunities every day. That is n- so, no
2: better place to leave it.
0: Yeah, that's great.
2: And a good ending point. Well, listen, stay safe out there. And um, yeah, I hope to uh, to meet you in person someday soon.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Adam. All
2: right, take care. Thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you want to get in touch with Antonio, you can find him on LinkedIn or just head over to the show notes where I've linked to his profile. As for us, you can always find past episodes, other resources about hotel operations, and more about what we do as a company at knowinghospitality.com. Look, I really hope you enjoyed today's show. Again, if you haven't had a chance to leave a rating or a review, please do so. It just helps us put together better content and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again, everyone. Until next time.
1: Thanks for listening to the Proven Principles podcast with Adam Knight. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. The podcast is brought to you by Knowing Hospitality, a full-service hotel management company that puts your performance first by rethinking the management model. Visit knowinghospitality.com to learn more. Until next time.